Hi, this is Dwight Lee, co-author of Microeconomics for MBAs. In a previous module, we talked about Henry Ford paying $5 a day, but able to use the, uh, all the, you know, the, the demand for that $5 a day job, people lining up at the door to get those jobs, to be fairly tough and to demand that, uh, that workers work hard if they wanted to keep their jobs and that $5 a day uh, payoff. Well, what I want to talk about today is, is monitoring workers and how we get people to actually do a good job monitoring workers. It turns out monitoring workers is a tough job. It's not easy. Uh, people don't like to, uh, despite the argument I made last time about these foremen that were beating people up, that, that was very rare and almost probably an urban legend. But the fact is, people don't like to be tough. They don't like to fire people. They don't like to uh, discipline people. It's a tough job. Uh, Jack Welch, former CEO of General Electric, once said in a, in a book, he said, removing people will always be the hardest decision maker uh, leader faces, firing people, letting them know if they're not doing a good job. He says, anyone who enjoys doing it shouldn't be on the payroll, but anyone who can't do it shouldn't be on the payroll either. So how do we motivate people to be good monitors, to discipline people? Well, you could say, well, we need monitors to monitor the monitors. But obviously that doesn't work. That uh, ends up being an infinite regress of uh, monitors to monitor the monitors to monitor the monitors who monitor the monitors, and that goes on forever. What we have in business is something called a residual claimant, where the, the boss is also the owner of the business. The boss hires people. The boss brings people in, pays them, tries to motivate them to produce a product which the boss can then, or the owner, boss, can then sell. And that boss is able to keep the residual. Another word for that would be profit, the difference between what they sell the product for and what they have to pay the workers and uh, for the other inputs to produce the product. Now that boss, that residual claimant, has a very strong motivation to impose some discipline, to impose some order, to impose some responsibility on the workers to get them to work and to dismiss those or to uh, reassign those or to impose some kind of incentives on those that aren't working hard so that they can make a profit because they get to keep the profit. If they don't do a good job monitoring workers and disciplining workers, then they pay for that in terms of reduced profits. One way of noticing the importance of a residual claimant is by considering the difference between the way a private firm would operate and say a government agency would operate at the end of the year. If you have a firm where a person owns that firm and the end of the year approaches, the end of the accounting year approaches, that owner is not likely to say, oh my gosh, we're going to make a big profit this year. Look at the profit we're making. Let's do something about this. 
I've got an idea. Let's buy some computers. I know we don't need computers, but let's buy some anyway. Let's find some conferences we can go to. Maybe there's some in Hawaii where we can go to some conferences. We've got to burn up some of this profit. That is not going to happen. Not when you have a residual claimant who's interested in making that residual as large as possible because they can claim it. On the other hand, if you've ever worked for a government organization, you know that at the end of the year, if there's money left over in the budget, it's often called panic time. You know, they start sending out memos to buy some computers, take some trips, do something to spend that money because the concern is, is if they don't spend it this year, they won't have the same budget next year. They'll get a smaller budget next year. And people have argued that that's one reason that businesses, particularly businesses where you have active residual claimants, are much more efficient and uh, keep costs down more effectively than uh, is the case in government agencies where you simply do not have a residual claimant. So residual claimants are important uh, much of uh, the book will be talking about how in large organizations, huge organizations, where you don't have one boss who is a residual claimant, you have arrangements that hopefully allow those or motivate people in those big, say, corporations to act as if there's a residual claimant in charge. That's never done perfectly, but certainly you can explain a lot about why large corporations are organized the way they are uh, in terms of seeing how the arrangements that they've embraced uh, help people act more like they were residual claimants, help the organization, the corporation, to act uh, more like it was being run by a residual claimant. So thanks for being with me on this one, and I'll see you in future modules. Thank you.